Hi, Cherise here with a special announcement. You can now enjoy select episodes of Detailed in video form. That's right. Detailed is now available on RCAT's YouTube channel. Now, you may be thinking, I already listened to the podcast. No need to watch it on YouTube. Well, trust me, if you don't want to miss out, even if you're an avid listener of the podcast, the video format is a completely different experience. Not only is it like hanging out with us, but you also get to hear parts of the conversation that were left on the cutting room floor. You can also see the photos, drawings, and video as we discuss the incredible projects that are featured. Come join us on YouTube. Follow the link in our show notes, and let's get into the details. This is an original podcast by RCAT. Try the number one most used website for finding building product information and save time and money. No registration is required with RCAT, so try it today and get ahead on your next project. Visit RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Hi, Sharice here. I recently had the opportunity to join the RCAT team at Greenbuild's 2023 International Conference and Expo in Washington, D.C. Greenbuild's 2023 theme highlighted the decades-long legacy and unwavering commitment of the green building movement to transforming the built environment to serve, prepare, and protect our communities in a rapidly changing world. I spoke with several interesting people who are committed to that effort and had a ton of great insight to share. We are bringing those conversations to you here on the Detailed Podcast as bonus content. Enjoy. My guest this time is Neil Lojek, sales and marketing consultant, technical training and educational specialist for Armatherm Thermal Bridging Solutions. Neil, welcome to Detailed. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. This is a great thing. Tell me, before we start talking about your products, give me just a short little bio intro of who you are. Okay. Well, I've been in construction with an emphasis on insulation since the 1980s. So I've seen a lot of changes in the industry and a lot of changes that are heading towards hopefully net zero and green building and passive house and those kind of things. So it's a long time in the making. I've seen tons of changes, as I said, and thermal breaks and thermal bridging is one of the big issues of the day now that we're trying to get our arms around. Well, and I think probably a lot of design professionals could use a lot of guidance in understanding, you know, not everybody is building science. You know, most of my career has been in architecture and there's often not probably the level of knowledge of how that needs to be and how it all works in the architecture profession as we would all like. Well, to be kind, I say there's very uneven understanding in the architecture, engineering, and construction fields when it comes to thermal bridging and its importance in how to manage thermal bridging in projects. So there's a, there's a priority system and so forth so uneven is the best way to say it. Some people get it entirely and understand what we're trying to do. And some people a little bit have some catching up to do as to how important 
thermal bridging is in the overall efficiency of building energies. Well, they know now, don't they? Because <laughs> we're going to tell them some more. So my first question, you represent Armatherm. We all know that sustainability, net zero, decarbonization, energy efficiency, all the buzzwords, just healthier buildings is more important now than ever before and more energy efficient buildings. Tell me what Armatherm is doing to contribute to this effort in the industry. Well, Armatherm is in business to manage thermal bridging solutions. It's right in our name. Thermal bridging solutions haven't really been recognized until the past 10 to 15 years and even slower to react and do something about it. So Armatherm is got a variety of products that we use to address thermal bridging in structural locations, locations where before we would walk by it and say, well, we have nothing for that. Now we have some solutions for those structural connections, transitions in those different areas where thermal bridging is a real issue for us to deal with. If I had to pick the number one place you're gonna have a problem in a building, it's all those connections and transitions. Nine times out of 10, if we don't get those right, we're gonna have problems and they're usually gonna be pretty big problems. They're not gonna be little problems. So really tightening those things up, just not even just for energy efficiency, but to have tighter buildings where these problems don't happen down the road is really important. Can you give me a case study example or two of where you've used a building or structure that you've used your product and what you did there and how that made the building better? Well. One that comes to mind is the Sendero Verde project in Harlem, okay. which is a high-rise, a 34 stories, I believe, at mixed-use residential, and there's some retail on the bottom floor. It's a passive house. It's the largest passive house project in the country so far. And Sendero Verde has all of those elements needed to reach the passive house threshold. So the air control and the air quality control and thermal brakes and thermal bridging is where we came in and provided products that addressed a various different aspects of their challenge to get that building disconnected from the from the outside having the envelope disconnected with thermal brakes that provide the interruption and in heat flow that is needed in a passive house project. Very challenging on a large scale, and they were they're qualified at passive house, and uh, it's uh, New York is really out there stretching, trying to get it right, and pushing the whole industry in their buildings, in their retrofits, and so forth, to get to a higher level of environmental consciousness and environmental building practices. And first time around the block, it's always difficult. I have projects that, especially passive house projects, that the contractor is about to jump off the roof. But the first project is like that. And after that, it begins to make sense. And they're able to manage those difficult 
detail areas. Detail is what it really is about in passive house, lead, platinum, and, and those kind of things. So we're there with a detail that addresses a major thing, and thermal bridging is a major contributor to heat loss in buildings of all sizes, large and small, commercial, residential. Thermal bridging is a challenge that our company is in business to address. So, okay, first rabbit hole. I knew I'd get to one pretty quickly. We have a lot of younger professionals or even students also that listen to this podcast. For the benefit of the less enlightened, can you define for our listeners thermal bridging and thermal breaks? Yes. Traditional buildings, say, with steel frames, are they're wonderful, strong, durable, long-lasting as a subframe and so forth. Steel is tremendous. So is aluminum. So is concrete. But those building products are also very conductive when it comes to energy transfer. And wherever they penetrate the thermal boundary, wherever they transition from the heated space all the cool space to the environment is where you're likely to find a thermal bridge. Thermal bridge is simply a steel beam, for instance, that is heated on the inside and may transition into the outside and it will transfer heat just like it would on the, the handle of a frying pan. It would push the heat out and there's a lot of heat. And when you multiply that in certain situations, certain designs, when you multiply that by a dozen or a hundred or a thousand of these transition areas, you have significant heat loss that can be dealt with, can be mitigated now with structural thermal insulation. These are often structural elements that need strong materials to deal with those connections and there's design elements that also have to be modified we can't just do things the way we've been doing them we have to make the changes that will make it possible for the envelope to be continuous and complete i love that you just said that because one of the most annoying statements on the planet in this industry that i hear that drives me insane and makes me my head want to spin around in my neck is when people say We've always done it this way. We've always done it this way is not an answer. We need to change with the times. And when, as we identify these these areas of loss and we, we find a way to fix them, that doesn't work anymore. One of the things that we have to overcome is when you're dealing with a successful builder who's been building successfully for 30 plus years, and they say, we've done it this way, they may forget that they've changed over the years as well. And we're in a situation, we're in a time when you have to examine and understand the problem and address that problem in energy efficiency, address that problem with solutions that are going to work. And they're not always the same. And we have to change with the times, basically. I have a couple of really good friends that work for pretty progressive general contractors. 
Are you finding that once they get through kind of the little bit of pain of learning to do it differently on that first project and they figure it out that they now don't want to do it any other way once they get their feet wet and understand how it works and how much better the building is? Because that's kind of what I'm seeing. But I'm also a West Coaster, so we're pretty progressive in that area. But I find that they're not real excited about it maybe the first time out, but then they're like, wow, this is a better building. We want to build better buildings. Are you finding that with some of the contractors or are they still resisting? I am. And I, and I find that a lot of the successful progressive builders are marketing based on their view of how they can improve, how their building will be better than their competitors. But there are a lot of customers out there whose ears are perked listening for people who are progressive and smart about it and I think that there's definitely marketing opportunities for builders and contractors who say I've built passive house I've built lead silver or whatever and they are ready to make the change and they're looking for contractors who are conscientious and know their trade and know that the trade is now transitioned into high level energy conscious environmentally sensitive areas and there's plenty of work for these guys and once they get through the first project they've got it i've seen as i said i've seen guys who then specialize in that that is their part of their dna and they will market based on that i'm known for trying to change things for the better wherever I can. And when I've tried to do that, sometimes you're not heard. But if you turn around, wait a few minutes and come back and present it differently, all of a sudden you're heard. And one of my favorite ways is to kind of hit the pocketbook. And you just did that. You know, it's a marketing opportunity if you have a better building. If I'm a building owner and you're a contractor and you come to me and say, it may cost you a little bit more, but here's what you're going to save over the next 50 years you own this building because you have such a tight, energy-efficient building. I know I'm going to be listening because most building owners, a lot of people don't always think in this industry about the long term and how that building owner has to live with that. And the I would trust you more if you came to me and said that because you are thinking about what I'm left behind with not just making getting this project up quick and dirty and making as much money you can and leaving me with whatever you have. So it's another way to look at it too. You can make more money and do a better job on buildings. An efficient building should be, first of all, safe, good air quality, even temperatures and so on. Second, durable. You can't have an efficient building that isn't durable. And third, efficient. And in that order, it has to be safe, durable, and efficient. And what we do at Armatherm is we install products that you will never see again. After it's installed, it's buried in the building, it's interrupting the heat flow through these key areas that are dumping or wasting energy every day. It's gonna bring that way down and you're gonna have a much better building overall. And we're not stopping there. We see opportunities to get even stronger products that might have to bear more loads 
better details, the details that we can share with the design community. I feel a lot of it does come down to details because they're unsure, and if they're unsure, they're afraid, and then if they're afraid, they're going to back away from that. So those are areas where we all, as a community, can pull together and tackle these problems and go on to the next thing, I think. That's, that's the way we have to think of it. This isn't stopping with thermal brakes or where we are with thermal brakes. We feel like we can do even better, and we want to project that. Well, and being at Greenbuild, right? You know, it, it's not just about having a tighter, more energy efficient building. It's also about using less of the Earth's resources because you're not heating the outside, basically, or cooling the outside because you have all of these areas where this energy can escape. If it can't escape, you're not going to use as much, which means we're using less of those natural resources that are becoming more precious every day. So there's twofold benefit. It's not just a really tight building, but you're contributing to the health of this planet. And that matters to a lot of people. When I talk to steel fabricators and builders, people that build with steel, one of their problems, one of their challenges is condensation. If they have thermal bridging, they are likely to have condensation. Condensation in areas that are difficult to access and get to, condensation that's difficult to fix once the building is put together. Mm -hmm. And so they're aware that thermal bridging occurs because it happens in those areas, cold condensing surfaces that we can help with. And they may not want to build efficient, but they want those condensation areas to be fixed. So that's, that's a tough one. That's a, that, there's a third great point, though, because we all know if anything's going to really mess everything up, it's going to be water. Yeah. And nobody wants condensation. So if you can't sell it on the more efficient building and you can't sell it on saving the planet, you got to be able to sell it on you don't want water in your walls. You know, mold and all the things that leads to if you have too much condensation. So, great point. Well, and, and mold goes to the safe, which is our first point of interest. Right. Mold goes to safe. It's If it's baked in the building, it's going to be repeating itself. So, it's really important to take care of that on the design page and then in the field. Because when you can fix that, on the plan, then it's going to not chase you through the life of the building with the mold and corrosion and other issues that unwanted water will, will generate. Yes, it's just like the worst thing in the world. So that's a perfect lead-in to my next question. Tell me what products Armatherm has. I know nothing. So I'm a kindergartner, and you're explaining to me what you have available to me to use in my buildings. Tell me what, what you got. We have basically three areas of products. The first one is what we call FRR, sexy name, FRR, Fabric Reinforced Resin. It's a thermal set resin product with fabric that gives it stability and strength. And this product is been tested to 43,000 pounds per square inch. It's often used in 
high stress areas, areas that are steel connections, maybe high uh, cantilevered connections, areas that are going to be high stress. And FRR is, is great in those areas. Engineers love it because it has such a great compressive load ability. And we will cut and drill those if it was if it was a plate on a steel on a steel beam, we'll cut and drill and deliver those ready to apply okay. onto those particular those type of areas. The passive house folks come back to us with all kinds of applications that's really interesting because passive house and others come back to us to show oh, we used it here and it solved this problem. And we love to hear that because it's the folks in the field that really make it all work. So FRR is the first product. And then we have a series of another great name, Armatherm 500, high density polyurethane products. Okay. So with the high density polyurethane products, the Armatherm 500 will go from about 2,100 pounds per square inch down to, you know, 150 pounds per square inch. They're high-density urethane products that, again, will cut and drill, cut to size, drill, ready to apply. We see those used in, again, in, in some cantilevered applications. They have a better R value. Usually, you're trading density and strength for R value. And as long as you're interrupting the conductive loads along a steel beam or something like that, you've done your job. Even if the R value is one, like the FRR, it's still going to sever the conductive transfer and do great things for your project. But getting back to 500, there's a higher density with a you know a good R value of about two, and then there's the lighter density that these applications around windows, for instance, and so forth, that have great R value, like 3.8 per inch for our 080, and it's, you know, it works great. Again, the applicators in the field know what they need for stresses, and so we have like four levels that we can deliver, cut and drilled, or we'll send sheet material. These are hard to find products, and but they're the kind of products that the high efficiency green builders are going to want. And then the third thing is we have Z-Gurt that would replace your steel Z-Gurt on that exterior application. They're protruded FRP Z-Gurt and they are have very low conductivity and they'll do the same thing that steel does, holding, retaining the insulation on the outside of the building and you know it screws back onto the frame of the building and then it has a nice face for cladding attachment whatever the cladding attachment might be it's it's strong it's safe and it's nfpa 285 approved as well so whatever the application is on the exterior we have a product that you know the zegert product is is there for that you mentioned that part of the challenge comes in the detailing so I assume you have services to help those design professionals that need some guidance on how to properly detail these products to, to you know, take care of that thermal bridging. Do you have services at Armatherm 
we have details on our website that, would, for instance, for the Zeger, would apply to both vertical and horizontal applications, whether it's composite siding or terracotta or whatever it might be. There's some details for those on our website as well. We're not a design firm, but we have ideas that can be applied, and we're working on ideas as well to apply to these particular applications. But one thing you do have are the lessons learned. Yes. You may not be able to take responsibility for a design, but you can say, somebody did this with this on this project, and this is why that doesn't work. Yeah, you can give some of that guidance of how things have, you know, come before that building that they're working on and how they've navigated around difficult situations that might be similar to this current project. And nobody knows products as well as the manufacturer themselves. Right, right. For instance is, I mean, we work with RDH on rain screen and there's a whole myriad of different assemblies that will qualify for rain screen. And we're not going to tell people this is a rain screen application. Here are the facts and the figures and the dimensions and so forth. And when you put your assembly together, then you'll know whether you <laughs> a rain screen or not. Right. Yeah. So, Neil, thank you so much for joining me today. That was a great conversation. And hopefully all of our listeners understand that this is an important thing, that if you don't understand it, there are people out there that will help you understand it and how we can do do better and have healthier buildings. We all have a lot to learn. And one of the things that keeps me going, I've been doing this a very long time, is the learning in the sharing the what we've learned with the you know with the community and, and with each other and how what's the next step? We're, as I said at the beginning, we're not done. We have more to do and we're excited about the future. Thank you, Cherise. And we make these steps forward because we're doing things like we're doing right now. Let's talk about it. And let's make everybody else listen to it. And, and maybe we'll all walk away being dangerous enough to go ask some more questions. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more, Visit rcat.com forward slash podcast to see photos, details, and more related project and product information that we discussed today. While you're there, take a look around rcat.com. For over 30 years, rcat has been the resource for AEC professionals to find the right products for their project. Try rcat and see how their tools can save you time and money and help you get ahead on your next project. Visit rcat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. If you enjoyed the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing this with your friends. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back to share more stories and lessons learned to help you navigate your next project.